With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, Rick here from the Mobile Hunter Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Saddies LLC, Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer, waterfowl, and turkey all year long. The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com or on Facebook at Saddies LLC and tell them the Mobile Hunter Podcast sent you. Welcome to the Mobile Hunter Podcast. Our mission is simple. We want to help you become a better hunter. We believe that mobility kills and efficiency will set you free. Welcome to the Mobile Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Cates, and I am by myself hosting tonight because this is uh, the series that I've put together. I know we've talked before about uh, how we're going to be doing different series during this podcast season. Josh is doing one. Chris uh, started one calling it, called it Adventures of a Mobile Hunter, where he uh, talked to the Southern Outdoorsman about scouting for a swamp buck <clears throat> and eventually went on a hunt. And I'm, he'll be he'll be finishing that up at some point. But uh, my my uh, series, I wanted to go something and do something a little bit different. Something that you've all heard me talk about on here before that make makes my eyes glaze over to a certain extent. And that's why I feel like this is the perfect thing for me to do. We're going to be talking a lot of archery in this thing. Uh, the series is called Anatomy of a Miss. And not the anatomy of a miss on a target in your backyard, but the anatomy of a miss on a big deer. The goal of this series is to have you learn from some of the <clears throat> top killers that we've had on our podcast or have hoped to have on our podcast and learn from their mistakes and understand that missing can be part of the hunting and specifically the mobile hunting world. So tonight I thought of no better guest than my very own co-host, Chris Leppert. So Chris, how are you doing this evening? Not too bad, man. Uh, my little girl had her 10th birthday tonight. So we, she wanted chicken wings and then I cooked her nice. mom's filet. <laughs> that cost us some money. Okay. <laughs> She wanted filet, so made some filet tonight in the cast iron oven, um, drank some wine, and had some twice-baked potatoes, so it's been a pretty good evening, hung out with family and all that, but ready to talk deer. Well, yes, yes, so uh, to give everyone an idea, uh, I've got a set of questions that I'm going to be working through with every one of the guests that are on this series, and we're also going to have archery people on here, too, to talk about why missing a deer or why missing a target is so rattling to somebody. So this is the mobile hunter podcast. So I felt the best way to begin this 
is with a hunt. And Chris, you've uh, you and I have discussed several different times on and off the podcast about missing, about killing, and how there are we we kind of just describe it as highs and lows. This this series is to get a little bit more in depth into the thought process, the thinking, and the emotions surrounding it, um, because I feel like it's something that the uh, that the outdoor media world doesn't like to show. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, we 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 know deer get wounded, we know deer get missed, and <clears throat> you know it's it's a very important thing for a lot of people to understand. Uh, that misses are some of our biggest, some of our biggest uh, points of learning. So I'm going to go ahead and hop into the questions. So uh, I would like for you to to, to tell the audience uh, the miss that we've that you've picked out, the year and date or season that the shot occurred. Okay, so. I'll kind of, I'll kind of briefly get into that a little bit. Um, so I had gone two sits and ruled a couple places out basically. And I was on my third. It was the beginning of October of this past. Well, I guess we're technically still in deer season, aren't we? Yes, I, as, I, as time of recording, it is okay. still in deer season. I can't wrap my mind around that still. <laughs> so um, it was the beginning of October, and I had got on some deer. I felt like they were avoiding some pressure, we'll say. And um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I was very confident that I was going to get a shot at this buck. So this was the beginning of October, uh, 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, I was creeping, creeping up a secondary Ridge. And I knew that this buck was going to come down to food. Um, basically right by me and <clears throat> was precisely October 6th. And that deer, did you want me to, did you want, did you just want to know the date or did you want the, first no, one? no, get, go, okay. go ahead and go, go into, go into the story. Cause right. it's going to lead into some other questions that I have for you here in a little okay. bit, actually. So I had a really good eight on camera. He's pushing 140 inches, which is a big eight. It's pretty wide. And, uh, I had seen him glassing the evening before during a rain, um, I couldn't hunt that day though. I had family obligations. <laughs> and of course, you know, on our way to what we were doing, I, I took a little drive and sure enough, he's standing out there and I'm like, well, if you're there now, buddy, you're, you're where I'd sit on you in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. So, man, I, I crept up that secondary Ridge that next day, just super slow. And on my way up, I had fallen on my bow, on my poor sight again, that already happened once this year when I fell on my e-bike. And um, I get up to where I feel like is the best geographical location to cover the most ground. 
and I go up the back side of a maple tree and I'm probably about 18 to 20 feet up and there was a bench up to my left and it wasn't long before a small buck came through and of course you know any deer that comes through I'm like keyed up so I see antlers I'm like oh my god and I turned the camera on and, I'm, <laughs> and I calm down I'm like hey jump mm -hmm. it's a two-year-old calm down it's not a deer you're gonna shoot and uh he's acting like he's been I mean he's acting like an Alabama deer would like we got a three-month rifle season or something really like, cagey he is cagey as hell I'm like, dude, calm down. Like, you don't even see me. What's mm -hmm. your problem? So he he goes on up the hill away from me. He, I don't know if he got a whiff of me or what happened or whatever, but he did not care for the situation. So I kind of ease up a little bit. And then right as I do, I see that rack coming through the weeds. And I'm like, oh, hi. And I, I just halfway wonder if that's what made him uneasy, like that big mm -hmm, buck coming mm -hmm. up behind him. Because you're talking about a deer that's 75 inches. For, I mean, this deer is literally almost double oh, the yeah. size of this deer, you know? So that buck comes through right on the bench, and I'm like scurrying. You know, I got the camera on him. I get my range finder out, and I'm like trying, and he's just like strolling like he's got a not a care in the world. and I snap a tree, you know, I, I pop the, the, um, range finder on a tree and it says 31 yards. Mm -hmm. well, he's keeps coming closer and closer and he gets behind this tree and I stopped him. I was like, well, he's significantly closer. I'm going to put the 25 on him and let him rip. I released the freaking arrow and watched the arrow sail right underneath that buck. Never even touched. Oh man. And the deer lets out a quick short and takes off, off up over the hill and um, turns around and stands there looking at me at like probably 70 yards. Really? I'm like, dude, don't, don't do that. <laughs> 70 yard pin. <laughs> Even though right now I'm like, well, what, what happened? Like, mm -hmm. I, so after that, I was like, well, you missed like, you missed a shot that's less than double that. Don't take another one, stupid. So I watched him, and he finally blew and ran off. I'm like, well, that's probably, you know, the end of my evening. And it was. And I arranged the tree that he was standing behind, and it said 31 yards. Really? And that was... That was all it took. Okay. And, you know, go, I, I know about the questions you're going to ask me, so I'll save part of it. But but essentially, I never touched the deer. So that screwed me up pretty bad, as you can imagine. That's There's never, like, this is my third sit in Ohio. I've already endured, you know, some struggles along the way, opening mm -hmm. day, and then, you know, Kentucky was a boss. Tennessee was a bust, you know, very tough hunting. And so it was rough to get on a deer that quick, you know, to make a decision, execute it and say, Oh wow. Here he, here he comes. I did everything else. Right. Read the sign. Right. And I blew really what's been the easiest for me. Okay. You know, it's hard to get on the deer. So 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is, this is the, like you said, this is a 140 inch eight point yeah. that, that you had glass that you had uh camera on camera at different points. Oh yeah. All summer long. Got beautiful footage of him glassing beautiful footage of him on scrapes on a trail cam. Um, anything you could ever want. Okay. So you, you have history with this deer at that point. Like you, you've, you've seen him, you've, you've stated this, this is the deer that I am targeting yep. for this year. Yep. So you loose, you loose the arrow and you watch it sail right under the deer. What are the emotions that you have immediately knowing that that arrow is not hitting its mark? Man, um, it's really tough to describe and, and maybe it's the same for everybody. I don't know. I know that be, you know, there's kind of some ego there with being a guy who competed and did pretty good there. And, um, so, and then you talk about it online and it's mm -hmm. like, Oh, I, I did this and, but I can't hit a deer. Like I missed a whole deer, you idiot. So I, I really felt stupid and, uh, really really down okay. very down it, it's almost like you lose a little piece of your soul and you'll never get that back you could kill that deer mm -hmm. the next day and still feel low it's yes weird. yes yes okay so so th that's 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 kind of <clears throat> and i think anybody who's missed a deer like especially their target deer has those feelings like you immediately yeah. get that drop in your stomach you feel a little sick and like you said just like a little part of your soul leaves your body at that at that point yeah what are you thinking as you see the arrow miss the deer and then the deer like blows a little bit and then runs to 70 like what are your thoughts going through this point i i can't believe that I did everything else right. Like literally just some of the most perfect scouting, e-scouting intel work that I've ever done in my life. And I even, like I told all you guys, like I'm going to kill a buck. I painted my face yep. like a, a goof wagon. Like I was freaking ready for the grip and grin. And I knew it was going to happen. I remember creeping up that secondary ridge uh, right where I figured they were um, crossing from the public to private, mm -hmm. I found some tracks and then I started, you know, backtracking and I found a rub and then another rub and a tree shredded and snapped. And I'm like, well, we're going the right way. You know, mm -hmm. like, okay, like this is kind of easy. Like, all right. Um, I sure hope I'm right. And then, you know, to, to make all those decisions and to do that, which that's not something that just, happens like it it sounds easy when you or somebody else put it together but it's like you can walk miles and miles and miles and days or weeks and never have that situation ever Correct. so um yeah my my biggest thought was what what did you do like you can't you can't just go find mature deer after mature deer like that was your was probably your opportunity you know a lot of times you get an opportunity at one maybe two mature deer, especially if we're talking about public land hunting. I mean, mm -hmm. it's tough, you know, pressure moves in and stuff. And 
it just, you know, and hell, we started with pressure. So just really tough. So yeah, I, I thought, man, you're a screw up, dude. You just screwed it all up. Okay. So it, it's almost as though like there's this, uh, this is, this is kind of an odd set, uh, part to it, but, uh, there's a, uh, a, a story about a guy. It's not a story. It's a real life thing. So there was a Japanese soldier in world war two who fought the war like 25 years still after the war was oh. over because he was in the jungle and he, he tells this story about how, um, a soldier took a shot at him and he caught, he caught the glean of the bullet coming towards him. And he, it, he felt it whisk by his face. And he said, in that moment, I saw the future. So what he means is like, he saw, you know, basically life flash before his eyes. And I, this is it for me. When you release the arrow and you have all these thoughts and things in your head, did you have anything similar kind of happen for you when you see the deer trot off, like I screwed up, but I've got to tell people about this now. Uh, yeah. And I did, you know, it was funny too, because I mean, you know, as well as anybody, like I, I laid it out there mm -hmm. last year and, you know, we, I poured over a hundred miles in scouting by August and, uh, went and scouted with Jake and Kentucky and Josh and Corey. And, um, just, I mean, I was all over the country, scouting and learning and absorbing and so i i did kind of like reflect pretty immediately um as i'm sitting in the tree you know like remembering all the miles I, you know when me and greg went to indiana and put in a 14 mile day and mm -hmm. on a 20.5 mile weekend with jacob and or jake and josh and Corey. i mean all that's just like flashing by like you did all that and Everything you did and learned led to this moment and you messed it up. So then, you know, it, some of the other tough part comes because when you talk about deer hunting online, I mean, mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think you're dishonest if you don't tell the whole story. And so I felt like, man, if I'm going to post about when, you know, the good times are rolling and all that, well, I think people should see the other part and I laid it out there and it, you know, it was kind of funny because there were a lot of people that were pretty like supportive and um, you know, kind of some bigger personality people online, mm -hmm. stuff, if mm -hmm. you will. Like, I think Catman said something that was like really encouraging and um, just meant a lot. But uh, yeah, I, I had to lay it out there for people to know. Cause again, Everybody, I mean, if you're telling me you don't miss deer, uh, I'm going to struggle to believe that. Well, I, I, I would agree. I, you know? I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Uh, but, um, so yeah, man, I, I really, really, uh, felt uncomfortable with it because it's, you know, you're kind of vulnerable or whatever you want to call it. Sounds kind of girly, but, um, at the end of the day, I feel like you should tell the truth. And when you mess up, you, know, you might help somebody else prepare for something that wouldn't think of it or, you know, whatever. So. Absolutely. So you, you, you kind of alluded into my next question, which was up until that point, you know, what was the season like? And, and as, as you've just stated up until that point in the season, 
every other state you had been to hadn't gone the way that you had hoped. Yeah. And with this situation, you'd kind of put eggs in a basket saying the deer is going to die today on this okay. sit. That deer is going to die. What do you, what do you typically do during um, prior to season and even into season to ensure uh you know, prep work on your bow. We're using a, a bow as the example here because this was an archery hunt. Um, but you know, what what's your prep work look like? What what happens for you? You know, we'll get we'll get to after the miss, but up until that point, what what does prep work with your weapon look like for you? And when do you typically start? So, I mean, I'm going to go into the whole thing. Um, so. Postseason scouting starts immediately after the season, and this year it'll even start before uh, the season ends in other states as well as our own. Um, then you roll into shooting your bow, or I'm sorry, wrong one. Uh, you roll into practicing with your setup, like mm -hmm. your equipment, um, you know, stand sticks, saddle, platform, pack, everything. And you kind of start trying to dial that as best you can. And then comes the archery. Um, normally I'm shooting almost every day, but this year running the expo and doing all the stuff we do, it just, you know, adding the scouting in and everything and running mm -hmm. multiple different setups just wasn't working out. So I actually didn't shoot my bow at all until after our Northern show. Um, it needed strings we ended up hooking up with Matt from, uh, uh, funny I used that choice of words, hooked up custom bowstrings. <laughs> um, so that was funny. Um, and got some new strings put on it so then I could get it tuned. And that's where, you know, you start dialing a setup. You talk about like a saddle or standing sticks or something. Man, you got to dial your bow. So um, we tuned it up, got the arrows flying well, and then – Check the broadheads, which we had just invested in some severs this year, mm -hmm. which, you know, a lot of buddies were using them. And I thought, I'm going to jump on the train here because these things are working really well for everybody else. And then um, ended up switching sites this year and going with that torch from Redline. And so I had to reset all of my axis adjustments uh, to ensure that my level is uh my bubble level is properly leveled mm -hmm. full drill and everything for like third axis and stuff. And um, then comes sighting in after sighting in and just checking your tapes constantly. And really the day I started shooting and tinkering, I literally shot probably 30 to 50 arrows every single day and multiple times, like a week leading up to say, Kentucky or opening weekend here, I'm um, I'm shooting two or three sessions a day. Mm -hmm. Just so I'm I'm I mean when people hear about me taking a long shot or something, I'm shooting a hell of a lot. Like and I'm checking weird yardages and and all that. I'm not just shooting 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Like I'll drop back to 37 and 52 and just checking all the little uh, yardage marks on my tapes and mm -hmm. everything. So, um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Consistency. That's what yeah. you're aiming for with each one of uh, these things is, 
that you are you're attempting to get here. So lot lots of repetition, uh, repetitious behavior, lots of yes. bearing in your head that if I make a shot, it will be the shot. So up until that point, you're telling yourself, "I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good." Yeah. The shot happens. Did you blame yourself or did you blame the equipment? I always blame myself first. It's always my fault first. And then I go through a series of steps to eliminate either myself or the bow. And mm -hmm. in this particular situation, I did actually found out, find out that it was a little of both, but mainly me. Hey guys, Rick here from the Mobile Hunter Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Saddies LLC, Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer, waterfowl, and turkey all year long. The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com or on Facebook at Saddies LLC and tell them the Mobile Hunter Podcast sent you. Okay. All right. Did it ruin hunting for you in any way? <laughs> and I, that, that's a big question. I, I understand yeah. that. So, I man, it would take a lot to go that far, but I can say that it really grinds you. It really wears your your attitude down. And mm -hmm. I you know I think that's probably what's part of being good at maybe anything. I'm not saying I'm good, but I mean I think it is a part. If you want to be good at something, you'd better learn to like have coping skills with failure and and all that. Cause it I mean, I was depressed, man. <laughs> it was fraud. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's I've seen I saw pictures of the deer. I know, I know the one you're talking about and I would yeah. have, you know, vomited had that happen. Yeah. Um, so like you just, you just brought up a, a, a good point. You know, you better have coping skills. Like what do you begin questioning yourself during this time? And if you do, what are you doing mentally to help yourself get past that uh are you staying buried in it does it ever go away like what is what is that ultimately like for you so i don't you know i'd be interested to hear like a hundred people asked about this i know we can't do that but um we're gonna have a lot <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a basket case when it comes to um my setups i i really like i really really want to know that when the deer comes in, like it's so tough, like I said, to get an encounter and you might get one or two a year. Mm -hmm. You got to make it count. So I'm really weird about it. Um, that being said, uh, at first I, I questioned myself a little bit and everything and struggled and all that. But the very next day, as soon as it was daylight and like I had a second, I went right outside. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, who was it? Who's guilty? And I went through my steps of shooting and I started off super close just in case, because I knew I'd fallen on my bow. So that's where I was yes. like, was it me? Was it my bow? What, like what happened? And so started off at like 10 yards. It was fine. I dropped back to 20 and I was a little low, dropped back to 30. 
I was a little lower. Okay. So to start with the bow, because we got a lot more, well, not really a lot more. There's two things that happen. I did knock my sight off and it was off by two yards. Now mm -hmm. that doesn't mean a thing at 20 yards for me at 31 yards. It absolutely does. Yes. So that basically means that I put my 25 yard pin on a 33 yard deer. Oh so, yeah. I was two okay. yards low. So add two yards to what I'd already done. So I'm eight yards off. You're talking about 10 inches. Yeah. For me, I'm a short draw. I'm Massive a drop. Child's draw length. So, um, yeah, crazy drop. So I went through the motions of finding that out and fixed it. Every other thing was super consistent. Even the amount that it was off was consistent. It's when you're not consistent, then it's time to freak out. Mm -hmm. But I said, okay. And, and that's something that I have to coach myself through going through all the equipment issues I did in 2019. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. You know, that, I mean, as like traumatic basically as that was for me, that was a hell of a learning experience. Cause now I literally have what I would call pretty good coping skills with some <laughs> stuff. And, and so I'll just talk to myself and coach myself through it. Like, okay, we're going to go out here. And if the arrow misses by 10 feet, we don't care because if we can get two arrows to miss by 10 feet, we know it ain't us. Correct. You know? So we know that we need to do something with the bow, which I wouldn't wait for that again. I'd move the site or something. But once I saw that it was consistently low and I'm like slapping arrow shafts and clover leafing and all that, I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, you know, there's nothing wrong with the bow when it comes to consistency. Clearly, I just knocked the site off a little bit. Um, let's get it back to where it needs to be. So I did that. And then, you know, the other part really was figured out the day before mm -hmm. I, I ranged what had happened to, I should, I should go into this. So that deer was behind that tree and he looks close. I've got it on video and everything. He looks super close to that tree. He's like four steps behind that tree. Really? And, and, and so basically what they used to do to, to, to us in the IBO is they put, something like they'd put a target like behind a log, you know, like 10 yards behind a log and the log would keep you from seeing the ground. So you couldn't mm. like try to judge it. Yes. And, and literally we all joke and call that getting yarded. You mm -hmm. know, that's what they do to you. They're, they're the best in the business at that. And they'll take that yardage away, take that ground away and you can't see it. It's really difficult. And that's what happened. I couldn't see the ground. He was coming closer, you know, straight at me kind of, but to mm -hmm. the south. But what I didn't realize is he was on a bench that I thought was like six feet wide and it was like 30 feet wide. And oh, I wow. couldn't see that at all. Okay. Um, so it was very, very weird. Very, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Help me out here, Rick. Uh, very, um, it, it wasn't telling the truth. Very oh, yeah. deceiving. Deceiving is the word I wanted. Yeah. It deceived the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So like to, to kind of, to kind of look back at that, a course correction for you, it wasn't even 12 hours later. It's 
we're going to figure this out. We're going to find out what went wrong here. I have yeah. a problem. This needs to be fixed if I intend to go back out again and hunt this deer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, I mean, I mean, you always, you know, I went through my little baby pouty moments too. Like, oh, mm -hmm. why do I do this? This is stupid. I could, I could spend my time doing something else. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> nothing. There's nothing that would make you this happy. You can't be perfect. You can't do perfect or do right, do better all the time. Like sometimes you're going to screw up or whatever. Don't be such a little bitch about it. Mm -hmm. so, and of course, talking to you guys, I mean, especially, you know, Pierce will give it to you straight. Like, yep. hey, pick your bootstraps up and go back out, you know? And then Josh with his not feelings <laughs> doesn't feel anything. So, <laughs> um, you know, talking to you guys, that helps a lot. Good deal. How long uh, do you feel like it took you to recover and get your mind back in a healthy place to say, okay, I'm ready to go put an arrow in a buck again? Two days. Two days. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it took me two to make that decision. And, well, let's say three. I can't remember exactly when the moment came, but I had already planned to hunt three days after mm -hmm. um, my wife was off of work and I was able, I was going to go out all day, but because I was a little roughed up, I slept in a little mm -hmm. on the press side and uh, was very interesting because I actually decided that I wasn't even going to hunt. I was just going to scout with my stuff just in case. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I went out, I had my stand and everything on my back and I had my bow, but it was all about scouting. Like, like I wasn't, I did not even have a plan to get in a tree. I wanted to scout. And if I found something good enough, I would get in a tree then. Otherwise I told my wife, I was like, more than likely I will be home early. You know, I'll be here for dinner tonight mm -hmm. right around dark. Okay. So, what was the redemption for you? And do you feel like that you redeemed yourself from that shot? Absolutely. Um, so really the redemption for me wasn't the shot I made on the buck that I took. It was actually um, me just getting back up on the horse. Mm -hmm. and going again and and basically i always like this is my little saying scouting sets you free mm -hmm. and that's what happened you know i scouted my way through the woods found a great absolutely phenomenal grove of red oaks creep up a secondary ridge on the edge of them there's deer in there that i'm running out there's feed sign like i've never seen the the oaks are raining and then i see that lone beech tree and and i'm like videoing it and sending it to Jacob Emery as I find it and send it <laughs> in the thread to mm -hmm. you guys. And I'm like, Oh my God. And you know, I did end up sitting that night, but the redemption for me was the scouting piece because to me, just like I went and shot my bow to check, I went out and scouted and found another deer. And it happened to be a deer that I'd seen one time before way earlier in May. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know, 
you know, and I, I did well. I, I found the sign and read the sign really, really well, which is important. And then I got on that deer and I killed the damn thing 20 days later. You know, I, I, I missed the deer. I went out three days later, scouted, hung a camera, got my first buck on that camera three days later. And then three more days later, I had the best deer I've ever targeted on public land. Actually the best deer I've ever targeted Correct. in my life. <laughs> um, you know, even on trail camera, keep in mind deer that I haven't killed. Like, that's the biggest deer I've ever had on trail camera and I found him. So, you know, that was really the redeeming piece. Um, don't get me wrong. It's cool that I was able to, to kill him and, you know, made a shot or whatever, even though the shot wasn't what I wanted, but mm -hmm. it was a great shot. Just wasn't the one that I wanted, but, um, you know, I, I would say the scouting hands down, like I felt such a sense of relief and even more, the confidence was just, I can't explain it either. Cause I didn't even have daylights of yeah. this year. I had nothing even close to daylight, but the whole time, even with pressure, even with, you know, all these other little things going wrong, my confidence never wavered once because I kept scouting. And that to me, I mean, it made me feel almost at peace. Like, no, it'll be all right. You know, I, I'm glad you said this because this happens to a lot of people um, in a lot of different things. And you can, like, it bleeds over into other areas of their lives or other things bleed over. You know, you could be doing something where you screw up big time. Like, you know, not not even, you know, take away deer hunting. Something happens at work, you screw up big time. You piss off your spouse, you screw up big time or something along those lines. And then that can eat at you in a lot of other areas of your life. Yeah. Uh, and it can come out like, it, you know, for a lot of uh, guys that I know who bow hunt, it can come out specifically when you're target practicing archery, when you're out scouting, you start questioning every single thing that you're doing because your confidence is rattled because you're not dealing with the thing that you need to deal with. And like in this situation, you dealt directly with it and you dealt with it in a way that I hope when people listen to this, they start kind of understanding you shouldn't hide this shit. You have to talk through it. You have to talk about it. And you have to look at it logistically and objectively is, was it my bow? Was it me? Was it my equipment? Or did I just not read something completely? Did I read something completely wrong here? And I've been off the entire time. And we talk about bouncing stuff off one another a lot. And if you hold all this shit in and you're the only one dealing with it because you're the only one that believes that you can fix it, you're going to end up continuing that pattern in a really, really bad way in a lot of different things in your life. Tell me I'm friends with mental health professionals <laughs> without telling me. The other thing, though, like, so an old buddy of mine, Travis Moose, told me once when I went through all that shit in competition archery. I mean, literally, competition archery is literally figuring out what's wrong with your bow most of the time. Mm -hmm. Stuff goes wrong. I can't explain it. I never had this stuff happen before, but I also didn't pay attention to it. Like I did. Like you, I mean, there's a lot of people that think they're good at archery. 
go shoot competition and you'll be 10 times better. And mm-hmm. you learn things that you would not. Ne- and really it's not a skill. The skill is learning how to work on your bow, tune your bow, f- you know, diagnose issues. Yes. Form in your bow and everything, your release. And like, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep my facial hair the same length roughly during hunting season. So yep. that way I can maintain the exact same facial pressure. Like you start noticing things that are different because you're just keyed up and trying to, you're really trying and straining. So, but you ever see that movie Apocalypto? Yeah. The part where it's the beginning of the movie where they see the tribe's people mm-hmm. that had escaped and he's talking to his son about how fear is like a cancer. Yes. And like, when you don't directly face an issue like that, you literally turn into a basket case. Yes, you do. It's, it's bad. And like you said, it'll leak into a lot of other parts of your life, stress you out, makes you anxious, the whole nine. And then, which you hit on, it starts to to kind of take your confidence out of things. And And when you're not confident, you're not reading the sign well. And, and this sounds stupid and cheesy. It's the truth. Confidence mm-hmm. kills more deer than anything. When you can come up with a theory in your head to convince yourself to get into a tree, it's got to be reasonable and real, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, like if you can walk through and see a bunch of leaves, you know, chopped up that are dried up and chopped up, and there's acorn caps and crunched up acorn shells, well, clearly a deer are feeding here. Then you go up a tree. You, you have deer come in and it confirms it and then you just get better. You know, you start reading different sign and interpreting it and what you need to do. And when you don't have confidence, you won't do that. Instead, what you'll do is con- you'll be your, literally you'll be your own biggest hater and you will talk yourself out of everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, that is the part, you know, I, I kind of went into this and didn't finish it. Travis Moose always used to tell me when I had those issues, good archers find problems and great archers fix them. And it really, they do, but it's more about dealing with an issue directly. And that translates into every part of anybody's life. Yes. You, know, you got to face shit head on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you bring all this stuff up because this is the, this is the heart and soul of, of why, we we decided to do this whole series is we want uh people to kind of understand like you can pick a problem you can diagnose a problem but fixing the problem is the biggest part of you know getting better like it's great it's great to have uh you know i tell people in sessions all the time it's great to reach the mountaintop Oh, you you have you have full awareness at that point, but if you don't ever go down into the valley, you're never going to gain any insight. Yep. Like you have to go into the valleys in order to understand what is going on within you with your equipment, and you know, closing your eyes and saying that you know something's not there, and then blaming the boogeyman doesn't mean right. that you're solving the problem. Right, and it's man. I put a lot of pressure on myself, so I probably sound a little too serious, but I also know like being, you know, the guy who started the mobile hunters expo, like 
Mm-hmm. I'll take this gear that I talk about being good and go out and put a nice buck down and just a few sits. And like, I know that that's, you know, not only fun for me and cool, but I know what that does for, you know, me moving forward when I'm giving somebody advice or, you know, whatever. I mean, I can show like, Hey, this worked for me. Mm-hmm. So it's tough when it doesn't work out. <laughs> You're like, Well, I got the deer here, but, uh, I don't have the deer. Does yeah. Help? <laughs> well, good deal, man. Any, any other, uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on to the listeners this evening? God shoot your bow all the time. There's, there's so much that can be learned first. If you want to be a better archer, go watch the school of knock and go through that now and build your muscles. Now join a 3d league an indoor 3d league, anything you can do. I walked away from competition archery for a multitude of reasons. One of which I really wanted to be able to hunt and play with my friends rather than be locked down to, you know, X amount of week, every weekend for seven months, basically Mm -hmm. shooting. I want to go hunt and everything. And, if you get into the comp side now, you can learn a bunch and build your muscles up and really build your muscle memory. And yes. you get what's called like a shot rotation, similar to like a uh, a pitcher, like yeah. all the things that they go through. Um, and rather than thinking about, oh my God, that buck's right there. Oh my God, he's huge. Oh my God, oh my God. You're like, okay, draw your bow straight out bend at the hips, you know, anchor, blah, blah, blah. Am I in my peep? You know, is everything centered? Blah, 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 blah. Pull, squeeze, squeeze, pull, pull. And then there goes the arrow. So, and and it really kind of chills you out. And what's mm-hmm. sad is if that deer slows down a little bit, I range that other tree and he's dead. But I didn't have that time. You'd have thought it was the middle of November. It's like October 6th. come on man slow down act like a mature buck and be weary and like oh man is somebody trying to kill no he's strolling like dang donald duck down the street or something (laughs) happy as a clam and doesn't care about anything so clearly Uh i you know he i mean i wasn't able to watch it but clearly he was bedded just behind the the weeds and trees that he came through because yeah you're talking about an hour before dark that deer came down, you know? So, oh, man. um, but Hey, it'll eat at me still, but best miss I've ever had. Absolutely. That's the, that's probably the best shot I've ever taken. Cause now I have a big ass deer on my wall and a cool story and pics and got to drink bourbon with Josh and you and my wife. And like, it was just cool, you know? Yeah. For those that don't know, probably, all of our listeners know, but uh, I didn't really say this, but I ended up killing a 14 point 172 inch deer uh, on November 4th. So I should add that. I feel like everybody that listens to us knows that, but for the new listeners, maybe not. So um, that being said, hell of a miss. If I could miss a, a nice eight like that every year and then end up like that, <laughs> I would then do it. I'd agree to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess like this is this is the end of the first episode of the series. I'm excited that we're doing this. Um, I'm excited to learn from a lot of people because part part of the reason I'm doing this too is for me to learn. 
Like, I, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm on this podcast every week almost. And I want, I want to learn more as I'm doing these from people, uh, who I look up to in the hunting world as well, because it's important uh, not only if you're going to admire somebody for their prowess and being able to do something, you know, if if you can learn from the mistakes that they had made, there's never a late time to do that. So it's it's ultimately very important and why this uh, podcast exists in this realm and why it looks like it does. So uh, be that as it may, guys, uh, my name is Rick Cates. This has been the Mobile Hunter podcast the anatomy of a miss series. And tonight my guest was Chris Leppert. Thanks again, Chris, for coming on. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you too, bud. Bye. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. The best way you can support the podcast is by sharing online and with your buddies at deer camp. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and leave us a five-star review.